Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. If you start a business, belong to an organization, or even have a kid's soccer team, there's one thing you learn that you absolutely need, a website. The next thing you find is that it's way more expensive than you ever imagined, and you have to get a website designed, built, hosted, and maintained, and that's typically four different people. So you decide to save all that money and do it yourself. How hard could it be, right? Within the first hour of trying to follow the simple instructions for just putting up a logo, you discover several curse words you haven't used since high school. And the prohibitive cost to pay someone to do all this suddenly seems cheap. So now you've got a website. How are people going to access that information or product on their phone or tablet? The answer is they're not. Now you discover what you need is an optimized website or an app. My guests on Out to Lunch today are all too familiar with this process. They're devoting their business and creative skills to changing the way we build websites and apps. Simone Martinson is founder of Plibu, uh, website builder, and Neil Suss is CEO and co-founder of Touch Studios, an app builder. Neil, Simon, welcome to lunch. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Wow, I said Neil Simon. That was so cool. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Simon, uh, Simone, uh, in response to the chain of events that I was just describing, WordPress came along and created uh, to do it yourself website that has become the industry standard, a kind of website builder for dummies, if you will. It, it seems to have had amazing market penetration. By some estimates, it accounts for 20% of the sites on the internet. Your website, building business, Pleboo, is taking on WordPress. Your stated aim is to be the simplest, most intuitive web design tool on the internet for small businesses. That's a bold ambition. Uh, tell me first, what does Plibu do that WordPress doesn't? And secondly, uh, how do you compete with a giant like WordPress? Well, what really makes us different from WordPress is that WordPress does everything. Absolutely everything you want to do, you want to build a blog, you want to build a store, anything you want to do, WordPress will do it. But if you have a small business, that's way too much. You have a little, um, let's say, Commander's Palace website. You want to you figure out what the menu is, you know, some history, some contact information, address, phone number. You just want to know the basic stuff because you just want to go eat. You're just hungry. You don't need this massive site. So that's what Plebe is building. We're building a tool for people who don't know how to build a website so they can create a site that just has the information that customers really care about. Neil, Touch Studio specializes in building apps but you come from a web design and web building background with your other company, uh, Susco Solutions, which builds pretty technical business websites. The app side of your business looks to be, frankly, a lot more fun. For example, your app, iAugment, the breast augmentation app. Wow. Uh, having launched the app building site of your business, are you competing with literally a billion other apps? Is there an industry standard app builder like WordPress that you're going up against? Or is the custom app building business still in the pioneer stage? Right. Well, I mean, there's kind of there's three tacks we have in the market. You know, one is 
business comes to us and they want a complicated app to, say, collect uh, data for like... Uh, you know, uh, like fishing, for example, wildlife and fisheries. Do you go out and catch fish? Well, you need to report those fish that you caught, the tags, et cetera. And so making an app custom to their needs that, you know, they, that's for their customer base or user base, if you will. And, um, and they pay us for that, you know, for creating that app and we're done. So that's the transaction. A professional services engagement, right? So with that model, there's a lot of space for a lot of pro services players, you know, you know, whether it's agencies or web design. If you do good work and you, know, you have some modicum of social skills over the years, you will build a good service business. You know? um, now, the second tack, of course, is you, know, you make an app, it's yours, uh, you know, and you're hoping a billion consumers will buy it or, uh, or get it for free, and of course the ad revenue will uh, take off there. We've done, we've done some apps in that space, but that's, you know, we, from a percent of revenue, it's pretty low right now. Um, and the third category, which is, sounds similar to what Simone has, is, uh, but on the mo uh, mobile app side, is a mobile app maker. We originally called App Maker. We have to be extremely creative like that. <laughs> now, now it's called Codos with a K. Um, and so Codos.com allows a non-developer to go and basically build out their own, um, speaking of apps and silencing phones, um, build, build out their own iPhone app. So now so. Some, some businesses come to you with the idea of what they think they need, and you need to talk to them about what they actually need, I guess. It's, uh, they, they maybe come in with more grandiose ideas than is really, really required. Absolutely. The key thing to do when you build a website is have it look good on the desktop, but when you go on the phone, have it respond so it looks really great on your phone so you don't have to zoom in or pinch in or just making sure that it loads fast so if somebody's driving in their car, they can find you. Now, what about yourself, Neil? Where, where do these clients come from? Well, I mean, a lot of it's uh, referrals or word of mouth from current clients or you know, relation, partner relationships. You know, you know, fundamentally, people engage us to either make the business processes more streamlined, like less labor-intensive, automate, or that we're trying to somehow create a top-line revenue stream by creating an app, whether it's web or mobile, that creates revenue, right? Some type of system. What, what I find very interesting is people always have these brilliant ideas, and actually even wrote a couple blog articles on this to kind of save some time. We get a lead-in, you know, so you want to build a great app. And it's like, okay, well, you know, first of all, like, uh, in, you know, how many other apps are out there that do it? Oh, there's a lot, really, and, and they're free, and you're going to sell yours for five dollars a pop. <laughs> okay, so why are people going to buy? You know, and so that, the kind of marketing analysis. You know, um, you know, I found I found that we've uh, been learning a lot more marketing, so we can educate our clients, because you know the last thing I want to do is collect you know ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars, and then they're like, no one's getting an app, and you know, well, you know, it's not field of dreams. Just because you build it doesn't mean they're going to come. <laughs> so um, I think. You know, I think we find ourselves doing a lot of education. You know, hey, have you guys done a market analysis, SWOT analysis? Have you got as much as, much as you want to spend with us? Do you have the same budget to spend on some type of media, some type of, you know, marketing push? And so we find doing a lot of, we end up helping out strategically more than one would think on both sides. Now, now with, uh, with Plaboo, you've got, uh, first of all, you came here, what, in 2005? You were studying film out at, out at UNO. And, uh, and then what happened? You graduated and then you came up with this idea. This was obviously a, was a hot area. How did you think you could put together a business? So what I did, my first version of Plebu was just a way for you to create a playlist on YouTube and then import it on, in, in a beautiful way on, on the site. That was really version one. And then from there, filmmakers didn't start using it. Businesses used it instead. And it kind of had an aha moment because during college, <laughs> I'd, I'd built a ton of uh, a, a websites for small businesses and I 
every website I've ever built has basically been the same site, just the basics. So I kind of pivoted in that direction of building the website builder for businesses instead of for, 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 for filmmakers. Another thing is filmmakers generally don't have any money, and if you want to have a business, <laughs> you need somebody to pay you. That does help. You know, this is the uh, a part of the show where I like to ask a couple of questions uh, to find out a little bit more about you. These kind of questions you probably wouldn't find on a loan application, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask. Uh, I guess I'll start with Neil. Uh, Neil, uh, just let's get right to the bottom of this. Um, do you have a tattoo? Uh, not currently. Not currently. Oh, so maybe you did at one point? Or maybe I will at some point. Oh, oh, I get where we're going. Okay, all right. If you did have one, have you got one in mind? or? Yeah, actually, I was kind of thinking of having um, a ohm symbol, but oh. in uh, red, white, Thank and blue you. colors. Oh, in red, white, very, yeah. yeah. actually like the, I can't believe I'm saying this on air. <laughs> so an ohm symbol with a red, white, and blue theme, but embedded in this, the, the, God, the Superman, yeah. uh, you know, Fake, uh, you know, crest. Sure. So instead of an S, it's an ohm. So it's a little patriotic, but a little kind of like motivational. Oh. This would not be on my forearm when I'm in the gym, for the record. It would be in a more, somewhat more private area, like, you know, maybe my back or something. Okay, jeez, that's so great. That's way beyond logo building. That really is. What about you, Simone? What? I can't believe it. Is there anything you want to tell her? Well, I just moved to the, um, the Bywater area. Great place and to I get a tattoo. And I don't have any tattoos, and I just feel kind of bare. But... <laughs> But really, at the end of the day, I just don't want the tattoo. I kind of had a couple ideas, but I, I don't think I honestly am going to go through with it. That is good. If you put it for your neighborhood and then you move, you've got to scratch it out and, you know, there's a Absolutely. put it in Marini and that things like that. That could be a problem. There's a, what, uh, what, what book are you reading these days? Outliers. Oh, yeah. I love that. So I'm just, I just started it actually yesterday, but um, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a good book. Is that, you, you've gone through that one too? Oh, there's, yeah. yeah, there's yeah a, it's really good. The, uh, what, what book's been next to your uh, bed stand there tonight? My, oh, yeah, well, let's see. Um, I'm kind of, um, right now I'm doing um, Practicing the Power of Now, so being kind of present. You know, one of, the, one of my gifts and curses as an entrepreneur is having, being a little bit, a little ADD, and uh, it's been very helpful in the it's required, past. required, I think, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is, but you know, when you're trying to, Build a, you know, once you get to a certain point, then that that attribute starts becoming a bit of a liability. And you know, between <laughs> between t- paying attention to your five-year-old daughter when she's telling you something mundane, or paying attention to her accountant when they're telling you something mundane, sometimes <laughs> it's really important to pay attention more than two seconds. So, practicing the power of now uh, by Eckhart Tolle, really good. And then also uh, doing um, I'll, I'll, once a quarter, I like to read How to Win Friends and. And we're in France. Oh, and the, the Dale Carnegie? Yeah. yeah. But every, I tell you, every time I read it, I learn something new. I actually do the same thing. Really? I, I do, oh, yes. I can't believe no, it. I, you both have the Dale Carnegie yes, book? Yes, and, and you, oh, you yeah. read it all well, the time. On, on, on Kindle. Not on, oh, yeah, all right. Not, yeah. not physical. Right. That's okay, right. I'm paperback. Now, now's the time to check our inbox. Um, <laughs> our producer picks a question that's come in during the week from a listener. And uh, Grant, what have you got? I have a question here for Neil. From Juliet Holton, she says, I have a lingerie store in Mandeville called Basics Underneath that specializes in fitting women for bras. We have a specific proprietary bra fitting method, and I want to develop an app based on it, but I don't want to replace the hands-on experience of coming into the store. Should I abandon the app idea, or can an app be used as a social media marketing tool to encourage a retail visit? I would say the latter. I don't think... um it's going to detract from the, on, the on-site. As a matter of fact, I think what's going to happen is it's going to increase your traffic. Um, and a lot of it, people who may have been scared before will be less scared now. Uh, that's the experience we, uh, you know, we had with uh, so Dr. Kinsley in the North Shore is when we originally had the idea for iAugment. And so we, um, which is a, an app where women in the privacy of her own home can simulate doing 
the effect of having breast implants. Um, and uh, we actually, and what happens is, is people have used that in the privacy of their own home, realize, okay, this is something I'm interested in, and they go and see Dr. Kinsley. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, I think similarly speaking, I think something that, that if you're a little bit sensitive about, if you do it first in the virtual world, maybe is an easier transition to do in the real world. I think, so. I think to kind of follow up with what he's saying is maybe, so if she has a small store, you kind of want to follow, if, if that goal of, you're, re- you're releasing this app to, to the world. So, but somehow you want to maybe follow up online if you want to capture those leads. Because if you just have one little store, is it going to be worth it? Do you maybe, if you had an online store where you, they could buy through the app, oh, this is my size and follow up online, maybe have another strategy behind it or partner up with somebody else who already sells online. Uh, I think that might be a good solution for her. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, g- I guess it depends what her long-term goal is. I mean, that's a good point. Is she selling online now or not? Yeah. Geez, that's the kind of business advice you don't get everywhere. There's, and you've picked a very odd specialty, Neil, by the way. I'd like to, like to tell you, you, you understand you're, you're like a breast major in the, no. uh, in the app <laughs> business. You, you uh, are... <sighs> Which I like. I think this is all going to work out for you. Now, now, now let's, uh, let's take a look at our lunch money. My, my parents will be so proud. He would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say, how'd it go? Well, uh, I don't know. There was that, and then I told him about the tattoo. It was really an excellent show. There's a. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Let's take a look at our lunch money. Uh, lunch money is our out to lunch stock portfolio. Uh, the market is doing incredibly well. Uh, all of a sudden, you're starting to see money uh, drift mm, from the bond market into the stock market. We're starting to get some confidence back, which that. was really the only thing, uh, only thing lacking in the market. We're uh, only four percent or so from a new high in the S and P 500. So. Um, despite all the dour talk in the last few months, people are, are making money in the markets. Uh, what have, we like to ask each of our guests uh, for a stock pick, and then we put it in our, our portfolio. Um, why don't I start with, uh, well, Simone, I'll start with you. Which stock did you decide? All right, so I picked, I'm going to build a disclaimer before. I picked a very unusual one, that one that you probably wouldn't want to, you know, bet your retirement on. Okay. But I like it because it's interesting. And it's interesting and also relates to business, which is the second reason I picked it. And it's Groupon. I picked Groupon because... It's a business that they're having problems defending their current business model as a daily deal site. So it's a company that's constantly trying to reinvent themselves, and they're trying to pivot into the area of um, they're creating a point-of-sale system and also booking system like Open Table for, uh, for businesses. So that's what they're, they're, that business plan hasn't really um, played out yet. So that's why I find that one kind of interesting. Not only are you a nice man from Norway, but you're a contrarian because uh, the uh, stock's been as, uh, let's see, as low as two and as high as 25. It's around five now. Yep. There's a, uh, well, that is great. So it's, it's a cheap buy, I guess. Yeah. Cheap buy one. And I, I th- and, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it does meet that criteria that it's kind of stock that you tell people about at a cocktail party and you find yourself alone. Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, but I like that. That's a lot of times where the money's coming in. And Neil, what would you like to recommend? Well, uh, I was thinking Samsung, actually. Ah. Yeah, you know, in the, in the quest to become a more open-minded entrepreneur, I decided actually to not, um, to not get an iPhone 5. I've been iPhone forever since the iPhone 3G, and so I decided to get a, the And we also make a lot of iPhone apps, much more than we do Android apps. But I didn't want to be, I'm not really the fanboy type, even though I have, you know, Macs and iPads and whatever. So, you know, so I wanted to just be open-minded, so I got the Samsung, um, whatever, Galaxy 3S, S3, too many acronyms. So, <laughs> but either way, I, I was really amazed. There was a bit of a learning curve, and I, I'm sure I'm going to end up buying an iPhone 5 also, but I mean, I really, it, it's close. And when you consider the fact that, you know, Samsung, um, 
when you just consider the, how they're doing overseas also, you know, because, um, you know, ultimately, if, I think if I recall the data correctly, you know, the iPhone, they're crushing it, but it's really more of a European developed nation thing from a per capita usage point of view, while Samsung's got better penetration, I think, in the developing uh, economies. And, um, you know. But you're an interesting uh, investor in this particular so, case because uh, what about the apps you create? I mean, do you think how do they think you think they look on the uh, the Samsung product? Oh, not nearly as good as they look on iPhone. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But what, what's what is what is happening though is that people are getting more and more tired of having to develop all uh, for three platforms. So what you're seeing in the market is you're seeing these these middleware providers like Titanium, where you code it once and it actually cre- it actually converts that code to a native iOS and native Android app, and so. I think as, I guess the point I'm getting at is, as the middleware, the st- as the software that allows you to code it once and create an output, a iPhone, Android, and eventually Windows 8 app, get more popular, I think that the, the app ecosystem in, a- in, in the Android will go up substantially. And then I think that'll help drive sales of this. But in addition, I mean, they're already doing very well with the much weaker app ecosystem. Now tell right? me, just to straighten me out, what is uh, a mobile website versus an app? Well, I, I was actually going to kind of make a comment to what you were saying. Is sure. So I'm a big fan of HTML5. And what HTML5 is is where you create a website for it's the same code that you, it runs in your browser. It can also run on a mobile browser. So you can build the app. That, so you can build it for one device, and it goes across all platforms. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's device agnostic. But if you're a business, I would not recommend building a, uh, a website for your uh, business that you have to download from the app store. I would build a site oh, yeah. that is oh, definitely online. Sure. You, nobody's going to go on your um, on the app store to download your, your app to go look at your menu or for sure, whatever you're offering. How do you find clients? And I really wanted to ask both of you this question. Uh, uh, where, where do they get generated from? Let's see. Um, in, in our case, it's you thank know, you very much. Um, a lot of networking. You know, like for example, like uh, both of us have ties in the Launchpad community. Um, you know, for myself, you know, we started in 2006. A lot of it was our first, our first couple clients. Actually, I got really lucky because my first couple clients were actually members of Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a, a peer learning group. And but they're very, they're obsessed with helping other entrepreneurs. So I got very lucky in the fact that they pushed me to all their friends to kind of help scale things. But once we got some maturity, it really became more people, you know, who are using our products would email about it. Or, or, and web traffic, you know, leveraging SEO to rank high for custom development in New Orleans, custom iPhone development, et cetera. And that's really what, what, that's what we're, our big strategy is. Since we're a bootstrap company, we don't have the massive ad buys. You'll see, you know, other website builders online that right. on the, have TV advertisements. Well, we don't have that kind of ad buy. So our strategy was we really go for search engine optimization. So when you look for the word website builder, actually that's not what people are even Googling. They're Googling uh, other words like create a website online or stuff yeah. like that. And those we were really r- ranking, ranking really high. A lot of them in the top 10 of Google. And for the word website builder, we're in the top five of Google. So we get a lot of traffic from that that we don't have to pay for it. And then we also have it, we do you know, search engine marketing you know, on the side of the Google results. There as well, you can, you can find it. So that's, the, that's really... Yeah, tell me about what it's like to work where you are. I mean, are there, there are a lot of you. Um, how do you find the employees? I guess, Neil? Well, um, you know, right now there's 10 of us, and it's, it's, it is difficult. We have to use recruiters. We, we talk to schools. I mean, there's a lot of great talent here, but there's, actually, there's a lot more demand. And so actually, we're actually hiring right now, as a matter of fact. And Simone, what about yourself? Uh, are you work, do you work by yourself? Are you no, there's, there's five of us. We just brought in a designer, and it's really hard to find developers here. Um, especially user interface des- developers and user experience designers, they just, 
if they're if they're here, they are taken. And where are they? I mean, if they're not in New Orleans, well, we have uh, somebody out of Oregon, a person out of Russia. So just really oh, anywhere. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. If you have to get them out of Russia. That's and the great thing is, with you know, since we're working online, everybody can work out of their house or a coffee shop, and we just use project management tools to kind of keep everything in order. And what's really great about working with people that are, you know, in other places is, you know, you'll be sleeping and they'll be working and then you wake up and vice versa and you can review each other's work. Is that the way it is at your shop too, Neil? You know, it used to be and we really enjoyed it. Um, for, the fir- for the first couple of years, we did it that way and we just noticed, you know, we, again, because we do product development but as well a lot of service contracts and we did a lot of ongoing communication with clients. We found that once we got to six plus people and the projects really got three plus it would the, the communication inefficiencies, you know, uh, really started outweighing the, the a lot of the benefits. And everyone was all local anyway. And that even wh- though uh, even though they're working from home, they were, well, all happen to be local. So we decided to move. And we do actually we do have overflow uh, overflow team we work with in Russia actually. Or I'm sorry, the Ukraine. But I mean, we you know my the goal is to keep everything ideally in Louisiana. A few years ago, anybody would have told us that you were both crazy trying to take on the world by starting tech businesses in New Orleans. But today, it seems like changing the world from the New Orleans CBD is an achievable goal. Uh, You're both building innovative and successful enterprises from the ground up. We're excited to be part of it and uh, watch what happens to you in the coming year. Thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Uh, My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Simone Martinson, co-founder of Plibu, and Neil Suss, co-founder and CEO of Touch Studios. To find out more about Neil's apps or Simone's website, Building Software, uh, follow the links on our sites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer, Today is Chris Keogh. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. And you can get in touch with us and sign up for the mailing list at itsneworleans.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. To listen to past shows or get the show as a podcast, go to www.no.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet again around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Rashidi. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.